0: in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
1: in every journey.
2: And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Cam Newton is the starter for the New England Patriots. (laughs) And that's according to Bill Belichick, who reiterates once again, that Cam is his man. Uh, you know, the, the Belichick and Cam Newton bromance is interesting, right? Um, and they seem to really have a lot of mutual respect for one another. But, of course, some Patriots fans, antsy. they draft Mac Jones. Cam did not finish the year strong last year. I'm a little torn on that one just because it's, uh, you know, Cam certainly looks like a shell of himself, and, and he was a, a very, very good player, um, you know, a great player. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. But he has not been in recent years. At the same time, at the beginning of last season, he looked pretty damn good. And, you know, there you had that game against the Seahawks where he winds up getting in the end zone. Maybe their season looks differently. He also caught COVID when he came back. He wasn't quite the same guy. Um, And and we've seen that with athletes in COVID that it can have especially a short-term effect on their performance right after returning. So I, I can understand especially with someone like Mac Jones who, you know, you I, I don't know if anybody was anointing him as, as the guy that has to start right away anyway given his draft position and, and gr- given he wasn't that prospect until recent times where you give Cam every chance to prove he he can do what he can do. And in, in the meantime, you're developing Mac Jones and you're keeping all your options open. So I, I think it, it makes sense for the New England Patriots in that regard, in how they're handling and how they're approaching things. But, you know, everybody likes a good quarterback controversy, and I think you're going to have a few of those quarterback decisions throughout the league this year in when and if the that switch gets made, whether it's Cam Newton and Mac Jones or um, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields or Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. You know that that those will be interesting storylines to follow as we're not far from the NFL season, crazy as it seems, only about a month away from the NFL returning. Eight five five-212-4227. Eight five five-212-4227. Team USA is taking on a, a pretty good lead in this game against the Czech Republic. 55-47 is the score right now. Kevin Durant becoming the leading scorer. For the U.S. men's team in this game, not not you know in the game's box score, but in the history of the games, Steve Curry just commented on on Durant and and him being the most talented player in the league. Another you know is he the best player in the league right now? I think he's or in the world, I suppose I should say instead of the league right now. KD certainly has a, a very good case. I mean, Giannis is right in that conversation. LeBron, uh, still. If he can come back from injury, it's just... I, I'd had LeBron at the top of that list for the longest time. Longer than anyone else has ever been at that perch, I believe. But between age and injury, it's reasonable to assume somebody else might finally take that that spot. And uh, the next couple guys up would be Durant and Giannis, I, I, I would say. With you know Leonard's Hurt, he would have been in that mix. Lucas, obviously, in that mix. James Harden, I think, is in that mix. But right now it you know it it I think in most lists KD, Giannis, and LeBron might be the the top three at the moment. But even Giannis said it's KD. But Giannis did go ahead and win a championship. So that the best player in the world title, kinda up for grabs at the moment. And maybe we'll have a more solid understanding of it after next NBA season. Eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two. Four two two seven. Let's go to Troy in Washington D.C. Troy, you're up next on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on?
3: Hi. Yeah, I want to talk about Simone Biles. Uh, I just want to say that um, for the last six years, she's been ranked number one, the best gymnast, uh, you know, female gymnast in the world for six years. She's um, the lady who won all around. I, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but she's real good. But Simone Biles beat Suni her. Lee. Yeah, yeah, Suni Lee. Simone Biles just beat her uh, in Olympic trials, uh, what, uh, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And uh, Simone Biles has uh, beat her again, I think, in the uh, World Championships last year. Okay? So my point is is that there's something going on with Simone Biles. She's met, mentally, she's just not there. She's mentally – she's beat everybody for so long. So why all of a sudden – Okay, she just you know, she just not good enough or she's not no, she just mentally did something wrong. That's the reason why that she she's just out, you know, and um that's you know, that's that's basically what I wanted, you know, wanted to actually say.
2: Well yeah, that's what I said before. I mean, uh that's where somebody had um and, and I appreciate the call, somebody had uh tweeted in like what does her track record have to do with this? your tracker gives you the benefit of the doubt. It 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 lets people know what you're about. Like if this was her first rodeo and she was hyped coming in and this happened, you might go, "Oh yeah, the you know, the pressure got to her she cracked under the limelight." Okay. But she's already done it on the biggest stage. She's already beaten everybody. She's already set any record there is to set. So for her to then do this, lets you know something's going on. You know, it's uh, it should be pretty simple. You know, we we you have that all the time. You like benefit of the doubt is something that's earned, not just given necessarily. And you, you've I'm sure gone through that in some walk of your life where something's out of character for someone, or or you you know it's serious because they're reacting a certain way. You know that oh he's mad or she's mad. They never get mad. You know, like that that's the way it is. And that, that's part of what, what factors in to um you know these sort of reactions. And and taking it seriously because of what Samo Biles has already done. What she's already accomplished. 855 212 4227 at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. We're gonna talk a little bit more NFL coming up as the, the show rolls along, as we are rolling into the NFL season. I always say that the NFL is, man, it's the, the single most popular thing in this country. And the, the issue topics are, you know, drive conversation as well. So when you had NFL and vaccine together, I mean, that was an issue topic that, that drove a lot of conversation. We talked about last week, continues to be something that is going on in the NFL right now. You see a lot of the numbers go up. um, And, and you have people asking you know, questions or, or or spouting stuff out there that I don't quite understand. Uh, you know, like I, I just saw a Panthers linebacker say nothing against it. I mean, I know people that got the vaccination and still caught COVID, so it's like, what's the point? Um, Denzel Perryman. Uh, well, the the point. I I don't understand how people can't understand simple like mathematics uh, or or numbers and probabilities. <laughs> As I I've reiterated. Many times on this show, it is indeed your personal choice whether to get the vaccine. That is your personal choice. I can't make you do it. Nobody can make you do it. Um, and that's where your rights come into play, and your quote-unquote liberty comes into play. But there are consequences to decisions, and businesses can require you to have a vaccine. Other places of business can, you know, require you, your workplace can require you to have a vaccine. The NFL can strongly suggest you get the vaccine. Um and that's not an infringement on your liberty. You know, and and you you're talking about a health crisis here too where your decision is having an impact on the behaviors others have to to go through or the, the lives others have to live and we are seeing it play out in real time right now. But the the idea that um because some people who have been vaccinated have still tested positive for COVID means you shouldn't get the vaccine it is ludicrous on its head. I mean, people, uh, car crashes still happen and, and deaths still happen despite safety belts. Safety belts prevent a lot of that. You know, people still wear their safety belts and vaccines do not guarantee you don't get something. They also lessen the ramifications of getting something. You know, the the, the um, consequences of uh, the severity of what it can be. And the overwhelming majority of new cases are in the unvaccinated. The overwhelming majority of serious cases are in the unvaccinated. There are roughly 161 Million vaccinated Americans. Of those 161 million, I believe about 5,600 have gotten a breakthrough COVID case and wound up needing to be hospitalized. Think about that number for a second. 5,000 out of 161 million. That is minuscule. And then of that 5,000, whatever it is, um, a little over 1,000, I believe, have died. And when it, you say a thousand people have died, and and you just dismiss that, I want to be careful. I don't do that, because that is still a human life that is lost. Any life that is lost is a tragedy. But one thousand out of one hundred and sixty one million is 00007 percent or something. You know, like that's the probability. That's the you, you know you got to deal with reality and numbers and facts, and not Facebook memes. Let's go to Scott in Houston. Scott, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on, Scott?
4: Hey, man. Um, I was just thinking. i have sitting here listening to you on the Simone Biles uh, issue, and you know, it could be anything. You know, it it could be emotional. It could be something to do with her family.
2: It could be anything. But is this not her third Olympics? Uh, I mean, it, yes, I believe it is. It's her third
4: Olympics, right? We're we're getting into that Lance Armstrong state of of her career. There's not many gymnasts who ever go into a third Olympics, and there's a reason why. I'm just wondering if there might be not be something a a little on the darker side, such as a
2: uh, uh PEDs. Um, well, that, well, well. Hold on, hold on. How do you get to just lobbying that? You know, at somebody there I mean, not, you can't I'm just. I'm not
4: really. I'm not really lobbying it at her. I'm just saying, you it, it, look. Two years from now or three years from now, when when the truth comes out about this situation, I wouldn't be surprised that that's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying that it's an absolute or 75% or anything else, but it has to be considered.
2: I think it actually might be – I don't know if it's her third Olympics, by the uh, – she's been on the national team for a long time, but I, I don't know if it's actually um, – she's a two-time Olympian, 220 – yeah, this is only her second – uh, Olympics by the way so I, I don't want to have that factually um incorrect but I, I have a problem without any shred of evidence of you just saying this might be PED related like you have to if you want to make that case you have to give some sort of uh actual evidence other than Lance Armstrong cheated so Simone Biles might have cheated like what is, that doesn't even make sense
4: like I'm just saying that I would not be surprised in a couple of years if it's not something to do with family or something to do with a loved one or something like that that's just breaking her heart. That it it it's not something where you know somebody said step but, down or we're gonna or, or but, we're gonna report
2: you, you. You don't just get to make that up. You understand? Well, like sure. this is the kind of thing that can lead. No, no, seriously, this is the kind of thing that can you know help contribute to to how somebody might be. People just say stuff about you. That's wild. That's wild. That's a wild accusation to make. With no backing of it. Like, if you had some reason I would listen to you, if there was anything that would make you suspicious, I i mean, other than sometimes this has happened with great athletes. And she's already in the competition, dude. She Like, it's not like she backed up before. That would have more... It would still have no um validity, but it would have more validity if you said it before things started because she didn't want to go through the testing process or whatever, not in the midst of it. it just makes no sense. You can't just be saying that about people. I mean that's part of the you know thing we're talking about here, like how you treat people, what you, what, what gets said about it That's just a wild accusation to just throw out there. <laughs> no one there's no literally no substance behind that at all. So no, I I sorry. I mean, I, I like to I, I like to listen to everybody's point of view, and we're always open to arguments here and and discussions and conversations. But I, I have to draw the line at certain things, and and you can't just make things up, and then state them as if they might have validity without substance at all. Eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two four two two seven at Robert Ludberg on Twitter. Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. How much did things actually change? We'll get to that coming up. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio.
5: You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show.
2: It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio talking a little football. I'm joined now by Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports NFL writer. And Jeff, um, first, let us I, I guess I'll start with the news from this morning because, you know, you've always got evolving news. Bill Belichick. Reiterates that Cam Newton is the Patriots' starting quarterback for whatever that's worth. Clearly, Belichick and Cam have an affinity for one another. Obviously, Mac Jones is a rookie. How long would you expect Cam's leash to be this season? Um, that's different, uh, of course, than last season when there, there wasn't somebody waiting in the wings, really.
6: Well, first off, I was surprised to check the timeline, and he said that because last week he was asked that question, and he really... It's committal. He pretty much said, well, you know, we're all fighting for competition and all that. So I was surprised he kind of let the cat out of the bag there. I, I think Cam Newton is the starting quarterback right now, but I don't think that's a good idea. I think Mac Jones should be the starting quarterback of that team week one. I know what Cam Newton is at this point in his career. I thought he was a big hindrance to the Patriots and everything Bill Belichick tried to do last year. And I know they had a ton of injuries and all that, Robin, but... Cam Newton was just awful last year. He was just not a good quarterback, and somehow that team went 7-9 with Cam Newton playing as bad as he did.
2: Well, I mean, let me defend Cam for a second because I'm with you. He, he did not play really well. At the, he, he was very bad down the stretch of the season. But could you make the case that he was kind of good to start the year? They were close to a, a very good start, and then things went awry with him catching COVID, and, and perhaps his performance uh, slid down as a result of that And and, and – Maybe they're, they're looking with another year in the system and fully, you know, healthy, not just from a football standpoint, but from a, you know,
6: uh, disease <laughs> standpoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Well, yeah, you know, you brought my initial point to, well, not my initial point, but yeah, he did have a good start. And then, you know, the COVID thing happened and Cam kind of described that a little bit. He also was battling a couple of injuries too. That's what worries me about Cam Newton is he probably will be fresh to start the year. But I I think the biggest strength of Cam Newton's game right now is his ability to run the football. And he did Mm -hmm. do that really well last year. He had 12 touchdowns. And that Patriots offense was moving. And now he's got a lot more skill positions around him. But I think the Patriots need to make Cam Newton the game manager and not actually have Cam Newton carry that football team. Because if they do that, it's going to be a disaster again. I, I think the shoulder injury has really affected him and his ability to throw the football. His throwing motion was just awful last year, even at the beginning of the season. So that's what concerns me about them. If they don't think Mac Jones is ready, then I guess you go to Cam Newton. But I, I don't know. I I think you can run an offense with Mac Jones even if he's ready or not. Because Mac Jones, he doesn't have to be Tom Brady like prime Tom Brady. He just has to be young Tom Brady and just kind of run the team. It's you know just take command of the huddle. Maybe that's what he's thinking with Cam Newton. Okay, Cam starts the year, but I I, I don't know. I I just don't think it's a good idea for that football team and that division to have Cam Newton start.
2: Robert Lundberg talking to Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports NFL writer here on CBS Sports Radio. Did you see the Madden top 10 QB list?
6: Uh, I saw Patrick Mahomes was one. Who was two?
2: (laughs) All right, I'm going to read you the top 10, and let me know if you have any reaction, anything that stands out to you, anything that, you know, um, you, you think is wrong. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. Two, Tom Brady. Three, Russell Wilson, four Lamar Jackson. Wait, do do I have that wrong? I'm sorry. One Patrick Mahomes, two Tom Brady, three Aaron Rodgers, four Russell Wilson, five Lamar Jackson, six Deshaun Watson, seven Josh Allen, eight Dak Prescott, nine Ryan Tannehill, 10 Matt Ryan.
6: Oh, uh, I don't know if I'd put Matt Ryan Uh, (laughs) 10. I I don't know if he's a top 10 player anymore, but I I, I don't know how they determine those rankings sometimes because you know, just by going by the list, I'm like, okay, Matt Ryan's in the top ten for quarterbacks. Madden, like, really? And, you know, I, I think Lamar Jackson's a little low. I actually thought Lamar had a really good year last year. Uh, you know, his MVP year was just off the charts. Like, you you run for 1,200 yards and 30, throw for 36 touchdowns. That that was unprecedented. No one's ever done that. And, you know, those are video game-like numbers. And if you're talking about a video game, Lamar Jackson still was able to do that, run for 1,000 yards. Throw for 26 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he was absolutely incredible down the stretch of the year. Uh, I, th- I think Russ was properly rated. Uh, Brady being second to me is kind of interesting. Like, Brady had a really good year. Don't get me wrong. But I I don't know. I, I-, I just feel like where's the MVP of the league going here? Like, did Madden just think he wasn't going to play?
2: Well, I mean, it's tough, though. I mean, I-, I get it. That might be one of the ones you take the most umbrage with is is Aaron Rodgers being at, at- At number three but can you totally argue against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes at one I think most people would have Mahomes at one right so Brady I would (laughs) I I get the case of Brady not being number two because in the regular season he wasn't the second best quarterback but at some point like the guy can't stop winning Super Bowl so so how far
6: do you bump him down I I mean we we can't really rip Tom Brady's regular season either I mean he did throw for over 4,000 yards and he did throw for 40 touchdowns at 43 years old. So if you're putting age and factor in this, Bob Brady did have a really good regular season.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, no question. So when you said Lamar Jackson, was, too, you, you would would you put Lamar Jackson ahead of any of those four? Or you're saying, you know, is there anybody below him that you would put ahead of him? Watson, Allen, Prescott?
6: Well, I, I think where Lamar is is fun. Maybe I would... I could argue Josh Allen. I could argue Josh Allen over him because, one, Allen did outplay him in that playoff game. And two, Josh Allen had one of those years where he kind of had like a Lamar Jackson type year. And if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes being so great, it kind of went unnoticed outside of Buffalo how good he actually was. 4,500 yards, franchise record. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to have seven rushing touchdowns in three consecutive I seasons. You know, he did make a lot of plays with his legs. His completion percentage was through the roof compared to his first two years. He was the most improved player in football last year, and I don't think people really appreciated it until the Bills got into the playoffs and made that run to the AFC Championship game, but Josh Allen was doing that the entire season.
2: Yeah, I, I would have him in the top... I mean, my top five would be Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Wilson, Allen, and then I think I probably would go Jackson... Um, the the Sean Watson situation is tough, just because uh, obviously his personal stuff shouldn't impact where where you think he is as a quarterback, but it might impact whether he's on the field and whether he should be on the field. And, and the same thing goes for what team he might be playing might be playing on. I'm also pretty high on Dak Prescott, so uh, I mean I, I think that top eight is kind of whatever order you want to put it in unassailable. I mean I think those guys kind of have to be the top eight. And then nine and 10, you could have some combination of Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, probably.
6: Yeah, I didn't have a problem with Dak that high either, because Dak had a really good year last year. He plays the whole year. He's probably leading the league in passing yards. He, I don't know. I, I forgot how many touchdowns he ended up with, but he was on pace for like 5,700 to 6,000 yards at one point. He was the only reason the Cowboys were winning any games. They've, if it, I mean, Dallas might have been a two-win football team, that Dak was hurt the entire year, and they almost didn't win a game with Dak playing that well.
2: Robin Lundberg talking to Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports NFL writer here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, now that the Aaron Rodgers saga is over, and we were just talking about him and where he ranks, what what came out of that? I mean, it, was it, it a chance for Aaron Rodgers to try and flex his leverage? Did he actually better his situation? Do we feel like the Packers are, are just as much contenders? as we did before, I mean, it just, uh, I, I guess the off-season needs content, um, and, and people liked, obviously, his, his press conference, but I, I don't know if I feel any differently about anything after all the things that went down, or at least were talked about with Aaron Rodgers.
6: Yeah, I mean, really, what, it, this is all so you could get Randall Cobb back in Green Bay, like, was it really worth it, or, you know, your, your contract, yeah okay, you've got a year brush off your contract, so now Green Bay could trade you theoretically after the year and or they could just flat out cut you and you can go wherever you want i I guess that was that was a big thing de- what I didn't get Robin is why did he wait like and he he admitted it was not in April, but the one thing I took about this from both sides is the miscommunication or lack of communication between Brian Goodther and Aaron rodgers is embarrassing for a major corporation, especially one like the Packers, where stockholders have a stake in it. And I'm just thinking to myself, I I keep going back to what Patrick Mahomes said two weeks ago when he reported the Chiefs camp. And they asked him about the Aaron Rodgers situation, and he didn't speak for the Packers, but he talked about his situation with the Chiefs. The Chiefs let him know about everything they're going to do, uh, where they're going to trade for Orlando Brown whether, you know, where they want to bring in this guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. And, you know, Mahomes doesn't even want to be involved in those decisions, but he loves how they ask him and, you know, say, hey, you know, what do you think about this guy? Yeah, go for it. You know, just do your thing. And I think that's all Aaron Rodgers really wanted from day one. But the, the difference is I think Rodgers kind of wants to play GM, and a guy like Mahomes is just like, hey, man, I, I just love how the fact that you're even asking me about this.
2: Last thing for you uh the news yesterday Car- Carson Wentz I mean talk about somebody who's had some rough luck with 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 injuries but um he's going undergoing further testing for a foot injury uh they don't expect whenever the headline is um they don't expect him to be out for the season you know it's a pretty significant injury right they expect him back at some point this season that means they don't expect him back soon
6: um does that end the Colts season uh unless they trade for somebody uh I I think it does, and I know um, our colleagues over at Sportsline kind of did like a win projection, whether Carson Wentz was the starter and Jacob Eason was was the starter, and their chances of making the playoffs were 74% and 59% with Eason. So not, hmm. not all is lost there, but, you know, I don't care how bad Carson Wentz was, was last year. He was the worst quarterback in football. He was going back in the system with Frank Reich. He had a really good offensive line. The receivers were better. It was just a better all-around situation for him. I mean, I feel terrible for the guy, honestly. And you know, the stuff I heard about Carson Wentz being out of Philly, you know how basically what a mess he made of the Eagles last year. It, you know, I was hoping for him just to get a fresh start. You know, he got everything he wanted this offseason. season. He was happy, you know, back in the Midwest. His wife really wanted to be out there, and then, you know, it's a non-contact injury in shells and shorts and you just feel bad for the kid. Like, he's not like, I don't believe in injury prone, but the guy just said, like you said, Robin, the guy just has bad luck. And to me, it's, I, I don't think they could do this with Jacob. So I know he's a fourth round pick, I, but he's never even taken an NFL right? regular season or preseason. Cause they didn't have one last year. He will now, but you know, there's not many options available. Yeah, you know, I, I guess Marcus Mariota. I guess Gardner Minshew. You can't entertain Nick Foles, even though he's he's familiar with that system, because you know that was where Carson Wentz's issues in Philadelphia happened in the first place. I don't think. No, when relish. Carson
2: when Nick Foles comes in for Carson Wentz, good things do tend to happen. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, <laughs> championships are won. Robin,
6: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeff, appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having
5: me on. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show.
2: It is The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. And we have Andrew in South Carolina on the show. What's going on, Andrew? Good morning. I just want very
1: quickly on Simone Biles. The one thing that I don't think is really being touched on as much as it probably should be thought about is – there's a safety issue there because she jumps higher, she does, she jumps higher than anyone ever has off the vault and on the and on the floor exercise. And if she really can't find the ground, she could get hurt, like really hurt and paralyzed. And so that's that's a safety issue for her. And I can understand why if she if she was having problems with that and I haven't seen any video of it, but from what I read that even in the warm ups that she was having a hard time finding the ground and sticking stuff and the way she jumps and the way she twists if she can't find the ground, she could get very tragically injured and so I understand why she would i mean why she would take herself out and that makes a lot of sense and yeah I yes, mean it was probably the it may, and it's probably the right thing for the team as well, but I, I don't
2: understand that. Well, that's one of the things that, I mean, I had brought that up in the midst of uh, the, the conversation. There's a lot of factors that go into something like that, but sure, that is, that is one of them. Um, I mean, her, her mental health could be risking her physical health um, at, at that point in time, given what she does. But we've certainly talked plenty about Simone Biles on the show. Time to get to all the topics we have not discussed in another one.
5: What's up first, Anthony? All right. So uh, we have mentioned that the uh, Wizards traded Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, uh, but the Wizards, they still have Bradley Beal on the team, who reportedly has not yet requested a trade and reportedly wasn't bothered by the Westbrook trade. Uh, This is a loyal guy. Beal under a contract for the next two seasons. At thirty-four and a half million dollars and thirty-seven point two million dollars, respectively. But, Robin, should the Wizards trade Beal this off-season and rebuild? Um,
2: you know, to what? Like, I, I guess it all depends on on where you're going and what you can get back for him. I mean, I don't think it's it's um. Something that should be completely ruled out, and maybe the best thing for both parties eventually. But you also, you know, do, does a fan base just want to suffer through that? I mean, I, I if Bradley Beal wants to stay in Washington, and he's committed to staying in Washington, and he's still in his prime, um, and you could swing. Let's say you could trade what they just acquired with the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie and you can make some other moves to get yourself back into the playoffs. Is it really like better to be miserable for a couple of years than it is to be mediocre, upper mediocre for a couple of years um, and, and see if you can pull something off and, and get into a competitive window while you got somebody who's, who's committed to your team? I mean, if I'm a fan, I don't know if I love the idea of trading away the best player at the moment, considering it's been a, a bit of a middling franchise anyway. So I, I don't think it's it's something that's you totally ruled out, but we were just talking about baseball being robotic in that regard. And, and there's just like with this with mobile thing where there's a lot of room between hero and quitter. There's also a lot of room between like championship and bust. And, and I believe Look at a situation like Portland and Damian Lillard. Like Damian Lillard may be at the, his breaking point there and, and wants to go somewhere else. But if you're a Portland fan, life's been better rooting for your team more often than it, it hasn't been. And, and you, you hope if you're the Wizards, you could maybe get into the same position with Bradley Beal and some tweaks uh, around that roster. So it, it takes a lot for me to say you trade away your, your best player. What's next?
5: Sticking in the NBA, a recent report from Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer notes that the Golden State Warriors turned down what was a seemingly ridiculous offer from the 76ers to acquire Ben Simmons. According to Pompey, the 76ers offer included Golden State sending Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman to Philadelphia. In addition to that, Sixers front office had Daryl Morey requested the 7th and 14th picks in the 2021 NBA draft, as well as two future first round selections. One league executive said the Sixers are making totally outlandish offers, Pompey added. As for the Warriors, they basically assumed the 76ers offer was a joke. Are the
2: Sixers pricing themselves out of trading Ben Simmons? Well, look, is that, you know, are those reports what's actually going to happen? Probably not, right? So you, you leak that stuff and then when they, you know, actual, you know, that that creates a sense of value. And when the actual value is below that, everybody knows it's not going to be what they're... Because the trade offers that you've seen out there for Ben Simmons are just like him. No shot. You know, those aren't happening. But that doesn't mean they ain't going to get something in return for Ben Simmons. And if you're saying this is what we're asking for, and you get more than what you initially expected because you have raised the bar, that could work strategically. I don't think anybody believes the Sixers are getting the return that has been out there in the reports For Ben Simmons, but his value is also higher than its lowest point, which is fresh off of that elimination. So I I think, you know, that's what the Sixers are are trying to do or whatever, you know, the case may be that is attempting to maximize the value they get for Ben Simmons before they pull the, the, the trigger on the trade. What's next? So the Denver Broncos, a team this summer with an open quarterback competition
5: between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. While head coach Vic Fangio didn't have it, give a timeline for when he'd like to make a decision. It sounded like Fangio didn't exactly want the competition to drag on too long. Ideally, you'd like to come to that decision sooner rather than later, Fangio said this week. But we're going to let the decision be made for us, hopefully. And whenever that happens, it happens. If it's so close that we can't make a call and it stretches into the first week of preparation, then I'll probably be playing games with you in the media all week that first game week as to who the starter is but we're like everybody else we wanted to define it itself quickly sooner rather than later so who should start for the broncos drew Locke or teddy bridgewater Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what
2: I, said. I don't care <laughs> I, I i don't know and i don't care um i you know look teddy Bridgewater's a fine player but he is a, you know, backup by basically Devin. to me, he, everything about him is backup quarterback. And that's not a bad thing. It's not even a diss, right? Like, uh, Drew Locke has certainly not been impressive through two years. I think the problem for the Broncos is they don't have a quarterback on the roster. So I could tell you, I think one guy should start over the other. I don't think they, you know, acquired Bridgewater for no reason, but I think it's essentially irrelevant who starts for the Denver Broncos. What's next?
5: So ESPN reportedly considering adding Adam Schefter to the Manning Brothers Monday Night Football telecast. We learned about the Mannings doing the alternate broadcast last week. Uh, Now we have this from Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports. Schefter's name has surged to the top of the candidates list to work with the Manning brothers on the 10-game megacast, which will air on ESPN2 and stream on Disney platforms like ESPN+. So are you ready for some Mannings on Monday night?
2: Uh, look they've been trying to get Peyton Manning to do this forever um, and he seems hesitant for whatever reason and, and even in this case he's not doing it in a traditional sense I think the hype around it when it first launches will be tremendous I'm sure I'll check it out out of curiosity I you know like and I think the most sports fans don't watch games based on who's announcing them or calling them right like uh, not that the commentating isn't an important part of the the overall presentation. It is, but it's not the destination part of the presentation. I don't r- know if I've ever tuned into a game because who the broadcaster is. No matter how good they are. You know, Tony Romo gets all the kudos and everything. I, I'm sure plenty of people are happy when Tony Romo is calling a game. I don't know if they're watching it because Tony Romo is calling the game. So uh, there'll be a lot of promotion put into it. I'm I'm sure I'll check it out out of curiosity, but again, I, you know, it, it, it's, I'm more interested in the the actual product than than the the broadcasters or, or whatever um, shoulder programming they're running around the product. What's next? All right, just uh, wrapping up.
5: Did you see this, uh, Robin? This week, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. You see that suing Disney? Uh, John. I did. Johansson, uh, you know, she said that a significant part of her compensation is based on box office receipts. And then she claimed that Disney promised to make the uh, picture, Black Widow, initially available exclusively in traditional movie theaters. So in the lawsuit, Johansson's side accused Disney of blatantly rigging revenue streams away from the box office and to the company's new subscription service. So how well, about that?
2: It takes a, a lot of nerve to sever the relationship with this. Uh, now, I, I don't know if, if you've seen Black Widow. You, you might get that joke. But um, <laughs> the <laughs> this is tough because I've read that Scarlett Johansson may be like, losing out on $50 million or something like that as a result. But then again, there's also like, read the room, like we're all dealing with unprecedented circumstances. I get it. Breach of contract is a beach, breach of contract no matter what. But I wanted to see Black Widow. I didn't want to have to wait until, you know, and the longer you kept that movie away, I think the even worse it looks in retrospective because it already didn't make sense in the t- on the timeline, right? So I don't even care. I don't care who wins the legal battle. That's their business. They can fight it out. I was happy. That they put it on Disney Plus because that's where I watched it, um, and I, I thought Black Widow was pretty damn good, by the way. So you like the uh, hi-
5: you think the hybrid releases they're going to continue indefinitely? I, I think they
2: should. I'm sorry, I like it's harder to go to a movie theater for a, a, a myriad of reasons now, right? Um, I and I love I'm somebody who loved going to the movies, but the the I will look I wouldn't have seen Space Jam, and I maybe wouldn't have seen Black Widow if it wasn't for the hybrid releases, and I've seen both. So, if you want to reach the, the biggest audience, yeah, I, I look. You got to change. You got to adapt with the times. I, I think that you know. And what happened maybe accelerated something that was already going to happen. Um, and, and that is the, those hybrid releases. I'll be back next Saturday, six to ten a.m. Eastern. It's been the Robin Lundberg Show.
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.